Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 17th of May. 2022, of course. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business markets and finance. I'm Nadine Blaney. How are you, David Scott? That is the voice of a girl who's celebrating a third consecutive <laughs> win for the local market. So I'm great, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm really well, thanks. Hey, as I look around, it's pretty interesting to see the emerging markets index up by one and a half percent, the small ORDs up by six tenths of a percent, beating if you want to put it in those crude terms, the S&P ASX 200, which was up about a quarter of 1%. But yeah, to your point, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's unusual though, because we've seen those small uh, cap companies generally go and uh, move in lockstep with what's going on with more growth-oriented parts of the market. And today was the growth-oriented parts of the market that were weak. Go figure. I know. So it's an interesting one. Um, All speaking to the larger macro dynamics at play, all speaking to the usual suspects of inflation, of interest rates, of concerns about global growth, of stimulus potentially coming down the traps in China. I mean, what has significantly changed, say, today from, you know, last Thursday, Friday? Uh, A bit of headlines about uh, lockdowns in China coming to an end and the like. Uh, Whether that's actually achievable or believable, more importantly, uh, is uh, is debatable at this stage. But uh, that's what the markets are uh, grasping at. And uh, yeah, for the time being, that's helping to go and drive some of the narratives we're seeing when it comes to not only uh, the the materials names, but uh, the more cyclical orient part of the uh, the market. I do notice just just because we're looking at the small to medium caps and talking about China and lockdowns, potentially, you know, easing in the next little while. Bubs Australia was one of the best performers in the small end of the market, up by 16.22%. I got your back. Don't you worry. I'll find a way to to illustrate what you're talking about. Um, You know, top losers by percentage change in the small end of the market. A lot of them had to do with... uh, not just um, some of the resources space, but Sezzle is one of them that comes to mind. So it has put out a bit of an update. Look, when you take a look at what it is making as opposed to what it is spending, it is not looking pretty. I know that uh, one of the analysts that we've had on before that I follow on Twitter, Andrew Brown, I think we might be paid a visit by him next week or so, but he's just really calling into question why Zip would want Sezzle? Sezzle was down by 8%. Zipco was down by 4.4%. However, to put it into context, we also saw Block, um, SQ, is it SQ1, SQ2, there we go. SQ2 was off by 3%. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty terrible end of the market right now. Mm. I'm not going to say I told you so. I said that plenty of times before. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave that one there then. Uh, look, it was the blue chips that really came to the party today in terms of market capitalization, helping to move the market. CBA, NAB, Westpac, all higher. BHP looked good. Rio, Fortescue, Macquarie was a bit of a fizzle by the end of the day. 
Uh, but interesting to see that the healthcare space in general just did not perform. Yeah, uh, look, a lot of the other uh, change in dynamic over the session, and look, we've got to go and put it in context that you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. There wasn't a lot of macro news out there today. But one thing the RBA minutes did show is that when it came to the balance of probability for that uh, RBA rate hike uh, that we saw last, uh, earliest much I should say, uh, the risks were tilted towards a 40, and that's what the minutes went and explained. And after that came out, market pricing ever so slightly started to go and move towards a similar move being put in June. And then the banks rallied on the back of that. We all know what the NIM, the new net interest margin impact is from that. So it looks like a few people are getting excited about a supersized RBA rate hike. Supersized. When I was reading through the minutes and I did, I did the control F. I did the control F. And I think what I put in was uh, inflation or basis points or something. When I saw the 40, I went, yeah, oh, okay. That's, mm. that's what everybody was looking for. Some sort of a nugget in these minutes. Now, whether, of course, it comes to fruition or not it remains to be seen, but uh, obviously it just um, it, it increases the chances of the fact that our central bank will move more in tandem with other central banks that are thinking of these 50, for example, basis point rises. Yeah, and look, the, the tone of the minutes was definitely hawkish in nature, as you would expect uh, in the first hike in, uh, in over 11 years. But it's clear that the RBA's thinking around inflation has changed and wages has changed. Of course, we've got the wage price index out here tomorrow locally. Where that's going to go and show that really steep acceleration, if there is going to be any evidence of that, it might be in the bonuses component or it might be in the private sector employees. But that will be a really key one. If we get some super strong data from not only the WPI but also from that uh, labour force survey on Thursday, I reckon that will sow the seeds for a 40. I'm just speaking to traders, like rates traders out there at the moment. We all want to have it back on those quarter point levels. We don't like this 35 basis <laughs> yeah. point. It's like, it's, it's I, very it, difficult. It makes me, it makes me feel uneasy. I don't know why. Yeah. So yeah, just get it back to like the yeah, 50s, 75s. That could be great. No, you're not the only one. It's just off putting when you become very used to a certain regime. So if uh, you're listening, Phil Lowe, uh, could you just sort of square things up for us a bit, please? Well, he's had, he's had a taste <laughs> of hiking rates. So just, yeah, go a bit, do another 15 points more and then make it a 40. And then we have to 75 and whoosh, go, there we are. Hey, we're well, look, we're not just p completely being flippant because I, I, I've been saying this, you know, for like a year and a half. Interest rates were always going to rise. We're also talking about an unemployment rate coming through on Thursday uh, with a three potentially in front of it. We just saw that in the UK, 3.7%, I think, in the first three months of the year for unemployment. You know, the economy is hot. The economy has improved, much improved. That V-shaped recovery out of the pandemic, as much as we doubted it early on, I mean, that's essentially what's happened, complicated, of course, by factors, including supply chains and China and all the rest of it. Um, but interest rates at 10 basis points were never going to last forever. Exactly. And authorities, whether from fiscal or monetary side of the equation, through unprecedented levels, I don't say that word like flippantly, that is the legitimate word to use. Nothing on this scale has ever been seen before when it comes to economic rebuilding and recovery. And uh, it's not that surprising to go and see that we've come out of it uh, no, really strong. The health aspects as well, when you've combined it with what's going on with the, uh, the vaccines, that's clearly been a pretty potent mix. Okay, so material space did well today. Um, you know, Alcom... Min Resources, I think, was one of the best performers all day today. And we've got this Miami Metals and Mining Conference that's being held. We had a good chat with uh, Martin Crabb from Sean Partners at the end of the day. Look, we'll be looking for some commentary coming from the big miners out of that one tomorrow just to get some sense as to where they are, where they are on costs, where they are in terms of ESG, all the rest of it. And um, you can listen to that interview, actually, with Peter O'Connor. It's not in the show notes. 
you will have to take the leap, go to the website or the app. Um, he gives a really good wrap of the day, really good assessment of where Shaw and Partners is comfortable, you know, with all of the macro factors that we've been talking about and uh, where they're starting to look for opportunities as well. Mm. Miami's a pretty wild town, so hopefully everyone goes and makes their slot for speeches. It uh, can go and chew out and spit you out that uh, that place. So I gotta say, stay safe out there. Yeah, there's a lot of conferences happening in Miami these yeah, so days. Bitcoin miners, well, yeah, we, what you can do, we can do just as well. Anybody wants to invite me to one, I'm always game. I haven't been to Miami for quite some time, and it's uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll leave that one there. Uh, we've got. Well, James Hardy that we're digesting today. Again, a couple of guests I talked to. David Lane is one of them. In fact, he, the interview with him is available in your show notes. He was pretty keen on James Hardy. Um, Martin Crabb expressed the same sort of, uh, just, just, you know, wondering why it was treated so harshly uh, as it reaffirmed guidance. Yes, its result came in toward the lower end, perhaps a bit of disappointment with the dividend, but, you know, down by 4% when it's, Guiding for twenty five percent growth, I said. I think he said annually. Um, yeah, yeah. Asymmetric earnings risks. When well, the bar is high, it's uh, very difficult to exceed expectations. And maybe that was a case with JHX. Yeah, James Hardy. Um, James Hardy was the stock of the day. Scott Phillips from the Motley School. Mark Moreland from Team Invest. Let's take a listen to what they had to say. Up the result, a really, really strong result. Trading at nineteen times earnings over for cyclical business. I'm not entirely sure now is the right time to be buying James Hardy shares unless you believe the boom has a, a decent way to go and potentially can go a decent way higher. I don't want to make that bet. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily run out to sell it, but I probably would have owned it in the first place. I think there are better building materials companies out there, uh, but you, as I said, you can't fault the results of that. From a cycle point of view, if you're trying to be time it, uh, it's probably might be a bit late, but we're showing it returning. It's another way of looking at it. About 10% a year on our default metrics, if they can maintain uh, a good growth rate. And their growth rate, by the way, I'm not talking about last year's. Yeah. Their, their average has been 6% a year over the last uh, 10 years. That's about the average, which is not bad. Right. So if they can maintain that, you'll get about 10% return, but it's not franked. Right. And they pay out, a very, they pay out all the earnings effectively, so right. it's a very high yeah. uh, dividend, dividend percentage-wise. So yeah. look, I, I think it's all right. Yeah, so uh, if you've got it, hold it. Mm-hmm. But don't go chase it, even though it's off quite a long way. You know, look at the chart there we had on the screen as we were listening to that. Uh, you know, it's been it's down a lot. So I wonder how much of the uh, the risks of you know, economic downturn, particularly in the housing market, given what's going on with uh, with mortgage rates, might be contributing to that. I think it's I think it's an easy line to draw, right? Mm. Um, recession in the states potentially, regardless, uh, you know, less interest in the housing market. But I've got to say, what I've been reading and anecdotally what I'm hearing is that it's the same sort of scenario there, where people are showing up to. Um, sales and and that are having to offer more and more. I mean, the housing market there is still very hot and they build a lot of homes. We'll get some housing starts data, in fact, uh, out of the U.S. I don't think it's tonight, but it is this week. Yeah, look forward to it. Um, But I also think it's interesting, you know, even if you take the most followed companies on the Ausbiz platform, so we get data on what uh, people who are signing up for the platform tell us they want to hear about, you know, the companies that you can follow. If you don't use that functionality, you should. And whereas it was zip for a very long time at the top of the list, you know, you had some more of those growthy type stocks. It's the blue chips, you know, it's CSL, it's BHP, um, it's Macquarie, you know, and that are at the top of the most followed companies. And that's, it's it's sort of what you're seeing reflected in a lot of the conversations. I had a chat with um, Investors Mutual today and yeah, that old tagline, boring can be beautiful. It's the, it's Amcor, it's Horizon. 
You know, um, Martin Crabb mentioned Amcor. It's these companies at this stage that still have growth coming through that are a bit defensive, reliable. Have a solid balance sheet yeah. and have seen more than one economic cycle. Yep. Absolutely. But, uh, those are tried and tested uh, over time. That's a uh, you know, better bet than any. Crypto, not so much. But I like your view today, Scuddy. I think it's uh, sensical. Um, just about, well, you'll have to read it yourself, but basically that, that essentially this, this rupture that went through crypto markets and is still ongoing, you know, you've got Bitcoin still as we record this podcast uh, down below the 30,000 level. Um, sorry, it's just above, but that'll change. <laughs> it <laughs> always does. Five minutes from now. Um, yeah, that, that, you know, this, this will be a maturation of the market and, and it needs to be, or else it's a failed sort of enterprise. Yeah, there is. Oodles and oodles of crap out there, let's be honest. And uh, the sooner that's abolished and we can go and concentrate our resources on those areas of the market that are going to be meaningful, uh, bring it on. So I want to see much more pain out there. Bring it on. Okay. So what do we need to talk about tonight? What could we possibly hear from the Fed Chair Jerome Powell tonight? That there's probably a need for more 50 basis point hikes and uh, potentially, you know, given the uh, trajectory, it's uncertain. But if it's necessary, they could go further. Which is nothing new. Correct. That's what we've been hearing time and time and time again. Okay, so we'll put that to one side. Um, look, we do get, what do we get out tonight? Retail sales. Retail sales, that's it. Yeah, unfortunately. How's that's inflation impacting the consumer? Yeah, and unfortunately, it's not one of those nominal readings as well. So you're never not sure how much of it represents uh, price inflation, how much is actually volumes going through at the moment. But those big ticket items, you know, the things that were really expensive, uh, we're seeing coming through. Big gains coming through new new cars and stuff like that. So interesting to see what's going on in that space as well. A small gain is expected for the headline. But uh, yeah, it's going to be dissected and then some uh, for any signs of weakness or strength in the consumer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to chatting with you about that one. Bit of industrial production as well. If you're just, yeah, it's just the industrial side of the economy. Okay. We've got um, Howard Silverblatt joining us. He'll give us all the data from the overnight trading session. Uh, Tim Davies, you'll be chatting with in the global view. Yeah, a bit of crypto, a bit of stable coin as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Milford Asset Management will be joining us at 10.10 a.m. David Sikolsky from Carrara. Look, it's going to be a packed day. Serco, it's a New Zealand and ASX-listed company, actually. It is reporting tomorrow, and I'll be speaking with Darren Grafton, who is the CEO in uh, in the Small Caps program. Don't know if you ever tune in, Scotty, but get some interesting conversations going on there. Usually when I'm hoovering down my lunch. Yeah. What was it today? It was, uh, it was a chili chicken and uh, green bean and vegetables. Did you manage to keep it off your shirt today? I did manage. <laughs> I'm giving away all your secrets. Yeah. Well, I remember tweeting you about how I managed to go and eat a <laughs> luxa without getting a single spot on my shirt. And uh, I think that uh, gave me too much uh, confidence. And yeah, <laughs> yesterday was a bit of a, a bit of a very bad day when very it came to my disaster. shirt. Okay. Um, listen, it's been a good day. Uh, just to reiterate, the local market did finish. Well into the green, up by about a quarter of 1%, 7,112. Big news, third day in a row. We'll take it. And I do hope you have a good night. Yeah, no stains on this market. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.